And I've been talking in the morning about living from a place of a divine reality, living from this posture of Christ in me. And I'm going to continue about that tonight. And I've called this, we don't need another hero. The church doesn't need another hero. And when you think about heroes, who do you think of? Superman. Who else? Who? Iron Man. Iron Man 3's out, they tell me. Spider-Man. Crocodile Dundee, maybe. (laughs) That's showing my age. Luis Suarez, if you're a Liverpool fan, he bites people. Um, uh, Who else? Rock stars. You know, the world says you need, you need heroes. Let's all be heroes. And the reality is, you know, I've, we've got to be careful because I've heard messages about, let's be a hero for Jesus. You know, let's leave a legacy. You know, make your mark on the world for Jesus. Be a hero. And depending on how you hear that will shape your direction. It'll shape how you live your life. Because I said before, your perspective is your reality and that's how it will outplay it in your life. So I believe in being a wholehearted disciple of Jesus Christ. And if I'm a wholehearted disciple of Jesus Christ, connected into a community because it's all about unity and oneness, then we will glorify the Father, which will leave a mark on the earth. It's not about me. It's not about me being a hero for Christ. You know, we sung a song before, and as I was singing those words, I thought we need to change the words about that grace song. Because it's all about, it says I. We should sing we and us. Because once again, what happens there when it's an I, and it's an I, and it's an I, then it's all about me. But when it's an us and a we, then we're in this together. Jesus came for us. Not just me. Us. We are the church. And so let's be committed to being a community that glorifies the Father, which leaves a mark. And I want to talk about what does it look to live your life from a place of weakness? But I want to show you a clip from Tina Turner first and uh, have a look at the words if you want to get up and dance you can (sighs) it's dark no one will see you Should be a video with that. Okay, let's let's start from the start because the words are really important. Sorry, guys. Just have a look at these words. Thank you. 
Even the world knows it doesn't need another hero. Heroes aren't fixing the problem. And uh, I want to ask us a question. The question is, what do you hear when you hear the scripture? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What do you hear? Is that I can do everything on my ability and my strength and my talent, I can do it all. I can build the church. I can disciple. 
I can do this. Or is it Christ does the work through a willing vessel? Because depending on how you hear all these scriptures that are preached, you can run off at 90 miles an hour that way when you sh- we should have run off that way. And all of a sudden, you find yourself carrying burdens and carrying weights and even using the name of Jesus to wrap it around, but it's, I'm doing it for you, Jesus. But Jesus gives us this pattern. Paul gives us this model when he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Literally what he's saying is my power, because it's not grace that everyone is, is receives because of his death, it's power. My power is sufficient for you. And my power is perfected in your weakness. Let's have a look at that in 2 Corinthians 12. So come with me to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. And this is a powerful, powerful scripture that if we allow to define us and we allow to speak to us, we will experience God moving through us, in us and through us in ways that we have not yet as a community and as individuals. So it says this, and this is Paul speaking, and it's in relation to this form that he has in his side that is God-given to keep the man humble. And he actually says, God, can you get rid of it? I don't want it. And God says, no, no, he says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you at this time right now. In this thorn that you have in your flesh, my grace is sufficient. I'm not going to take that away. What I've given you is my power to get through it. I've given you my power to get through this process. So he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Mm. Most clearly, therefore, I will will rather boast about my weaknesses. Superheroes don't boast about their weaknesses, they boast about their strengths. Kryptonite. (laughs) Superheroes don't boast about their weaknesses, they don't get vulnerable in front of people. Superheroes stand tall and strong. They can be depended upon. But this man, he boasts about his weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. It's beautiful, right, isn't it? That the power of Christ may dwell. What does it mean to dwell? Think about that. To dwell. The power of Christ would dwell in me when I'm weak. Therefore, I am well content. You ready for this? I'm content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For whose sake? Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What? Do you read this stuff sometimes and go, what? 
when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That sounds like a bit wussy. Isn't it? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. I mean, I've been taught my whole life to be strong. I've been taught my whole life to be a leader. I've been taught my whole life to be an overcomer. I've taught my whole life to get up there and get forward and plan and strategize and move forward and have a career, man. Weakness, that's for wusses. You're only a wuss, show your weakness, it means wussy. So back to front. God, you've given me this gift. You gave it to me. I can feel it. I can feel your power. What do you mean be weak, man? I want to go win the world. I'm a superhero with a cape on. No, son. When you're weak, then you're strong. What do you mean? That very thing. When you allow me to define you. Yes, I've given you a gift. It's my gift. And I give it to you. I'm wanting to see whether you will actually allow me to define it. Because you know, Greg, if you're going to define it, I think you're going to head that way. But if you let me define it, I think you might go that way. And I think that way looks heavy and burdensome. But that way looks light and freedom. He is in control. I do not build the church. He builds his church. I am a pawn in the game, a gift in the game, like we all are, to perfect unity. And unity is also perfected in weakness, in love. He truly wants to mess me up. How is his power perfected in my weakness? Can I let you on a little secret? You're not allowed to tell anybody. Okay? Sometimes I don't have a clue what I'm doing. (laughs) I have a clue how to do what I do. It's like, I remember the first day I started here. I'm like, God, I heard your voice. It's been confirmed through a number of people. But I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I know how to sell and train people in safety gear because that's what I did for eight years. I have a foggiest how to do this. He said, great start. Good start. People say, what is your plan? Well, I don't know. You know, what's, what's it? I don't know. It gets defined along the way. You see, he's not looking for me to believe a set of beliefs and do a do-do's. He's looking for trust and vulnerability. He's looking for a person that will just trust and go, follow me. Cool, where are we going? We'll figure that out. So half of me doesn't have a clue how to be a senior leader of a community. But you know what you do? You get on your face and you submit your life and you say, Father, help me. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You said, Father, that your power will be perfected when I'm on my face on the floor. But I'll come off the floor and move because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So it's not this lolly jellyfish position I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about a jellyfish Christian that walks around like this. It's got no structure. I'm talking about an active 
posture in him which is actually strong. I experienced this about four weeks ago in my speaking. And I was sitting behind Ralph. I could just feel God start to move in the meeting. And I got up and he said, just, just start speaking about, does anyone here wants to receive Christ? And an hour and 10 minutes later, I sat down. Now with my hand on my heart, I'll tell you, I heard to get up and come here. And I heard to start sharing this. And at some point, what happened for an hour and 10 is that he spoke through this. This was not what I was intending to say. This thing stayed under the seat. And for an hour and 10 minutes, there was just this flood of stuff. And some people went, oh, you spoke too long. Oh, that was way too much. That went past the time. Oh, when's he going to finish? And some people were like, and after the service, I'm driving home, and I said to Danielle, I said, I don't really know what just happened. I said, because that was not me speaking. Like, my mouth was moving, and my body was doing this, but I don't even really know what I even said. I said, I couldn't even do that again if I tried. Like a builder could build a house because he knows where to put the nails and he could build the house there and he could build the exact same house there. I said, I can't do that. It's going to happen again, but I don't know how it actually happened because it wasn't me speaking. Now, I'm going to say this, and here I'm saying, it was the greatest evangelistical message I've ever heard in my life. And it was not me speaking. As I'm speaking, I'm going, this is good. I want to get saved. <laughs> and I'm going, this is not me. I'm not that smart. This is just flowing and coming off my tongue. I'm going, because in my speaking, I'm trying to get to a posture in him where I'm prepared, but in a completely different way than before. Ooh, write it all out, got it all down pat, go to the thesis, pull all that out. And I communicate this beautifully articulated three-point PowerPoint message with a nice end. I'm trying to get to a place in him. He's leading me, I should say, to a place in him of faith and trust where you're walking on the edge because in your weakness, you're strong. And it requires this faith where it's like, and it feels vulnerable and it feels naked. It feels like you're exposed and you could get up, Greg, and go to speak. You could get up, Greg, and go to speak and be humiliated in front of your peers. Are you prepared to go there, son? Because when you're weak, then I'm strong. And I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And I will come through you by faith if you will go to that edge. But it is a scary place. And I'm trying to go here every week with my speaking. I wait till I feel the mm. And then I just put a little framework together. And then it's like happy days. I don't know what's coming out. I don't know how long it's going for. 
but you want to go on the ride. Paul said, I'm not this great speaker. I'm not this man of persuasive words. I don't have it all smacked out, bang, bang, bang. But you know what I got? I got power. I got power, real kingdom power coming out of me. Why? Because he said, your power is perfected in my weakness. It's a scary place, isn't it, to be vulnerable? Simon's message last week, I'm going to just be vulnerable. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in you. I'm trying to lead you to this posture, this place. Spirit's saying to me, where in a moment there's this transaction, this transition where he comes through. You see, that's spirit and life. That's the word that transforms. That's the word that imparts. That's the word that changes. That's the seed that goes bang. And if the, if the, if the heart is open and it hits, it'll grow. It's the living word. And God calls us to live this life on the edge. On the edge. But I'm telling you, it's pretty scary. But he's, he's there. And it's so countercultural to our old nature because I want to trust in me. You know, I was a reasonably good football player. Growing up, could have gone to England, had trials, had knee trouble, can do things. Raised up in a home that a lot of love, a lot of security, so it was always encouraged to, to do things and give it a go. You know, we never really struggled that much with some of the things others struggle with. I'm so grateful for that. And that was a non-Christian home. And so, you know, you, you're fairly confident, you have ability God then puts a gift on your life. He fills you with his power. And it's like, whoo. And then he says, okay, it's time to strip it all back and now start to define this thing. Because you've slightly got a little bit off track. And I think Moses is a beautiful example of what I'm talking about tonight. You see, we look at Moses and we're like, wow, look what he did. He led the people out and he led them through the wilderness and he cracked the, the stuff and onto the rock and pulled water came and he said depart and everything departed but how many of us want to go through his process pre all that? Anybody up for that? Moses, I used to think Moses was a wuss when he came and he says I can't say anything. You know what I'm talking about? I can't speak. Bro, you've just come out of Pharaoh's, you're a prince. What do you mean you can't speak? The Bible says in Acts that the man was powerful in word and deed, grown up as a prince. What do you mean you can't speak? Harden up and stand up. I gave him a hard time for years thinking, God, this guy's a bit of a wuss. And God started to show me, he says, no, no. he's at a posture where in his weakness, then he's strong. See, I believe a big part of the 40 years, he was herding sheep. That is detestable to the Egyptians. Being a shepherd was the lowest form of employment then. He comes out of the palace. Out of. You know what he did in his own strength? 
What did Moses do in his own strength? He killed a guy. He's the leader of the Israelites. Killed a guy in his own strength, and his own ability. God calls him. He's called. What's he doing killing someone? And he's burying them. He's operating in his own strength and his own gift. And God says, come on, we're going for a walk. You better bring your backpack. It's a long walk. And 40 years later, 40 years later, now you're going to go. And you're going to stand in front of Pharaoh. And you're going to say, I am sinking. God's going, man. I give you a brother, go into partnership. You hearing me tonight? He's being stripped of that ability, redefined. Now you're postured and positioned. Now go. And when you say, I am sent you, they will know who I am is from the sense of it's not you, Moses. It's God speaking through you. See, it was an active posture. This is an active position to allow him, seek him, and allow him to come through. Because we have to be vulnerable. We have to get exposed. We have to get naked. And we have to trust in him like nothing else. And I want to read this to us. Power is released in our weakness so faith can be exercised. Power is released in our weakness so faith can be exercised. Vulnerability, humility, and dependency on God attract the Holy Spirit like moths to light. It says in verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you. No matter what we go through, if we will let go and trust, his grace, his power is sufficient to take you through a process. When I started here in 2003, in July, I was brought on as the creative director, what Clay's doing, the the role we've just disestablished. Okay, I'm not doing that now, eh? Just a joke. Probably a bad joke. But I had this role. I'm settling in here, remember? Don't know what I'm doing. And we had, at this time, we had three and a half music teams. I might mean four. And so I sit into the role and Start to, I knew some of the guys because I was, uh, as long as I was living in Palmy, I was coming back every sort of every two weeks out of three and, and leading uh, the music because I just couldn't get this place out of my system. And Anthony and I had been talking along with Greg at the time and just talking about where this is going, what's happening. And so I remember um, one of the teams uh, that was at the time that were on and, and one of the, the, the leader of the team was stepping down. And uh, he came to me and said, oh, look, so I'm going to be stepping down from the role. I said, yeah, that's cool. They're having a baby. He's like, no, it's fine, mate. Um, he's, and I said, oh, well, what we'll probably need to do is I'll need to lead that team while we look for a replacement for you. 
um, because Anthony will need to know who the person is, you know, it's like, we need to know who people are leading us into worship, blah, blah. He said, yeah, that's fine. Oh, he said, but I actually know there's one slight problem. He said, we decided as a team who was going to lead the team. And I went, oh, he doesn't really, let me just check. I'm not sure how it works here. I'm new. Let me just find out. And it was like, no, no, we need to know who the people are and, and, and you know, who they are as a person. And, and one of the people they wanted to put forward had only been here three months. And um, this person, you know, as we, we all have, we all have our weaknesses, but Maybe a lifestyle wasn't maybe aligned to, to be able to, to do the role. And so um, we said, no, no, it, um, that's really not going to happen. And uh, anyway, I said to this person, I said, you need to go back. You need to talk to the team um, that, that I'm going to be leading uh, until I can work with this person, get to know this person, and then work beside the person, and then we'll you know, see what happens. He said, oh, okay, no problem. Anyway, so um, he, le- he, he, he stepped down and ended up sort of stepping away from the rock, but he didn't go back to the team and tell them. And so here we are, it's their turn to be on, and I send this email out saying, hey guys, it's great that I'm going to be leading you in the next two weeks and blah, 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 and what came back, let's say it wasn't quite Christ-likeness. <laughs> and I'm confronted with a whole team of musicians who don't really want to do what they're being asked to do. There was egos, there was agendas, there was plenty of heroes that wanted to be heroes for Christ. And so we're in the stalemate. And I'm like, I've been in the job two months. And over a period of the next month, out of having meetings and with Greg and, and, and me, and going, what is all this going on? I didn't sign up for this. What's this? I've got people emailing me, the emails are vile. I remember trying to lead them that morning and I've got knives in the back. They turn up. It's about practice time. They walk into the cafe and they're going to have coffee. They come out at about quarter to ten and go, okay, we'll start going now. I said, what on earth is this? And I just stood there and you know what God said to me? My grace is sufficient, Greg. Just walk through it. Well, in my first three months, we went from four teams down to one. (laughs) Quite a good record. I remember Anthony coming to me and going, what are you doing, bro? And I said, I'm doing nothing. I mean, we had these meetings, but man, I just sort of stepped into the situation and it went boof. And God reminded me of a picture he showed me as I was driving to Palmerston North late one night from leading worship on a Sunday night. And it was an image of people just with their heads down and just engaged with the Father. And I said, if that's going to be the reality of the rocks and things need to shift, because I know these people, I know their hearts, and I know that there's a lot of them here for themselves. You ask people to do something, I only play like this. Oh. But this is what we're trying to build as a corporate. No, no, you either get this style or you get no style. Mm. My grace is sufficient, Greg. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. My power is sufficient. I've been through now three or four serious things in ministry where you realize and the more you seek him and the more you let go of yourself and the more you press into him his power is perfected in your weakness which enables you to stand and enables you to walk and enables you to be love when maybe it doesn't look like love to some and walk through it into it because his power is being established as you go Christ in me. 
is the hope of glory. And this is what Paul's saying. He's screaming. He says, I understood. It doesn't matter. He says, whether I'm persecuted, whether I'm living with difficulty, with insult, when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, we're still the vessel. We're not void of the process. It's just who's defining it all. And it's a divine place to live from, from within. I'm just trying to think of the scripture that says um, that the power lies within. Uh, Help me now. Is it Ephesians, Philippians? Help me, Lord. Which was it? No, no, no. No. Um, what we ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that works in us. Anyway. It's Paul. <laughs> That's right. It's Paul. <laughs> you see, and I'll end with this. The context is we've all been given gifts and talents and abilities, and God's saying, if you allow me to define them, then you'll be strong. And I find it fascinating you see Jesus in Matthew 4. And he has been in the wilderness for 40 days. And the Spirit led him into the wilderness where the enemy actually was. I find that fascinating as a, as a number one thing. But he's been in there 40 days and he's fasting and praying. And the Bible says that he's only hungry after he comes out of the wilderness. So he's feeding, he's with his father, he's in intimacy, he's in this place, but he must be communing, and it says that the living word, man cannot live on bread alone, but the living word. So he's been fasting, he comes out after 40 days, and the enemy comes and says, Jesus, see those stones. If you are the son of God, you can change those because you have the ability, you have the gifting, you have the power to change that stone, make it bread, and feed yourself. Why don't you do it? Why don't you trust in your own ability? I love it. If you are the Son of God, He knows who He is. He's trying to play that game. Go on, if you are, because we know you can. He's trying to tempt Him. He's trying to tempt Jesus into going, what do you mean, if I am? I know I am the Son of God. I can do that and I'll do it. Gotcha. If you are, turn the stone. Trust in yourself. Trust in your own ability. Trust in your gift to feed yourself because you're hungry. You're starving physically now. What does Jesus say? You can tell me. For it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word out of the mouth of God. He's demonstrating for us what that scripture I'm quoting looks like. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Your power is perfected in my weakness. I'm not going to trust in myself. He could have. How phenomenal is that? Probably would have been okay. But he shows us and models us something. 
for you and I to walk in. Something Aljo and I have been talking about in, in, in leading here. You know, it's easy to just go through the songs. It's easy to go, put lay the licks, do all the things, do, and we're finished. It's another thing to be able to hear, be able to move, to sit in silence, and to go to that place of vulnerability where you're so exposed, and if you don't get it right, all these people have come, and they all want to stand there, all want to wiggle. But in that moment, transition happens, and the Spirit of God comes on you, And you realize this is not me now. And life flows onto the people of God. I'm just going to say this again because I love this. Power is released in our weakness. So faith can be exercised. How does pressing into him look like? What does it look like in this thing I'm trying to describe? How do you get vulnerable? How do you go to this place? Just four quick things. Getting on our knees in prayer and submission. It's just acknowledging it. I can't do this. I can't lead you guys on my own. I can't lead the staff. I'm so dependent on him to turn up. I can only lead myself. I can't make Kirk, uh, I can't make him make choices for, you know, He's going to make those choices himself. It's living a life of dependency, encouraging yourself in him. How often do you encourage yourself in him? David got to a point in his life where he had to encourage himself. His 30 men were coming to kill him. The Bible says he encouraged himself. It's written, Lord. Your word says this. Your word says your grace is sufficient for me as I transition through this death of a loved one, of a work situation, of a broken leg, and I'm a sports person, of uh, whatever that is, as I'm waiting, your grace is sufficient for me. I encourage myself in you before your timing hits, and I will not I will not try and circumnavigate your timing and make it in my time because your grace is sufficient for me. Your power is sufficient for me to carry me through the process. Forty years. You walk with others and you be vulnerable before them. And you remember what God has done in the past, declaring this over your life. Remember the last time God just spoke to you or came through for you and remember it. And allow it and sit there and meditate. Thank you, Lord. Praise him. While your grace is sufficient, your power is sufficient, as I'm journeying through this, I'm remembering this moment. That's why they built stones all around the place. Remember this. Don't forget this. When you're going to face opposition, remember the time God came through for you here and move forward. Because in our weakness, his power is perfected. 